if you're going to feel bad for yourself, there was a, a two or three days to do that. And then once I got to the rehab facility and it was time to start doing work to get better and to, you know, get myself to the point where I could, I could live on my own again and take care of myself and move around a house in a safe way and use crutches and go back to work and work with the kids and athletes that I was working with and do what I really enjoyed and loved. And, you know, I mean, there was, there was, goals that I had and you didn't necessarily have time to feel bad for yourself. And it, and it constantly got better. You know, it, there was smaller, small setbacks along the way, but you know, things just slowly got better. And so you just kept moving forward. I mean, I think after a while, I don't think I realized how much pain I was in or how miserable I was because it was better than it was two weeks before. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. Welcome to The Clip Out, episode 167. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Hi. Hi. How's your mood this week? Uh, well, uh, I didn't get to do a ride today, but for completely different reasons. Can't blame this one on me, though. No. That's the, uh, I think the important thing. I can blame thing. it on your son. Okay, I guess then indirectly, because <laughs> I am responsible for, <laughs> at least 50% responsible for his existence. So, Well, he didn't do anything on purpose. No, so. he's he's been trying to take the written exam for his driver's les- lesson, li- driver's <laughs> license, and he has been... Uh, Struggling. Yes. And then beating himself up because of his struggles. So, so I'm a good stepmom and I you are. walked him through his uh, entire guide, quizzing him. Good times. That sounds fun. It was so fun. So now you know all sorts of things like how how many feet in front of a semi you're supposed to turn on your high beams or yeah. how far the flag should stick out or five feet. Like, see? Or- yeah, if it's more than five feet, you need a flag. There we go. See? Also, if it's after dark, you got to put a flashing light on the flag. In case you wanted to know that. They're good. These are good things to know. Yeah. Come for the Peloton. <laughs> stay for the stay for the driving tips. <laughs> Never know what you're going to get. Got a whole new angle now. <laughs> so uh, what, uh, what pray tell, do you have in store for people this week? Uh, well, we've got an update on the controversy we talked about last week. We've got another update on the class action lawsuit okay. that... Up until last week, I had completely forgotten about. <laughs> uh, we got to talk about Peloton clothes. There's a whole thing. Okay. We had some instructors in the news. We got to talk about that. And uh, then we'll have our Dr. Jen segment and some competitor news. Well, I guess actually other connected fitness news. Sure. And then some new stuff coming up with Peloton. Awesome. Well, before we get to all that, shameless plugs, don't forget we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, but I already said that iTunes. It's not <laughs> iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. Apple. Oh no! Now they're mad at me. I meant to say iHeart. Whoops. Tune in. We're available in all the places. So wherever you're getting it from, be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And of course, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/theclipout. While you're there, like the page, join the group. You can subscribe to our newsletter at theclipout.com, where you will get a weekly digest of all the articles and and. Uh, 
pictures or videos or and, what have you. And sometimes my stream of conscious. You never know. You never know. And you'll also maybe get a direct link if it's available at that point to our YouTube video of the week because these are now these episodes are now full YouTube videos. Yeah. Over at YouTube.com slash the clip out. It was a little late this week because it's just get growing pains, but we'll we'll get into a rhythm. Absolutely. And uh, am I forgetting anything? I don't think so. Okay. I feel like that's all of it then. So, okay. uh, oh, you could leave us a review. We have a new review. Oh, how about that? We didn't do it last week because we were in such a rush and your computer, like you couldn't get Apple Podcasts Yeah, it open. wasn't loading. So I just gave up. Yeah. So. so yes, let's hear it. I haven't heard a new review. This is from Day Old News. All right. They say, just got my bike and went searching for a podcast to enhance my entrance into this new exercise world. These hosts have so much fun together and do a great job of blending breaking news with informative, fun interview of views of writers they include a great question about tips for newbies that has been very helpful for me there's a lot of terminology that i'm trying to catch up on so it would be awesome if they could occasionally reiterate what things like hri or power zone are for this clueless noob but very much enjoying what i'm learning that's fair yeah that's fair yeah yeah and I, i feel like over time We've gotten worse at that. I agree. Because because the, now you know. Right. In the beginning, I didn't know. So every time you said something, I was like, like, what, what's that? I was like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> and Well, and back then we had a lot less episodes. So if you wanted to go back and catch up, you could. But now we're 167 in. Man, that's a lot. That is quite the task. If you're just now starting out, it's like, oh. Yeah. I, mean, I, I wouldn't want to go back and listen to 167. <laughs> Way to sell it, honey. I know. Way to sell it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we will we will try to get better. And you know, if we do something like that, always shoot us a message or hop over to the clipout group. Absolutely. And uh, if we don't answer, I'm sure someone will. It's not like the OPP. If it is, we'll be mean to them for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I will shut that down. So uh, anyway, there's all of that. Let's uh, let's dig in, shall we? Yes. Breaking news. So last week we talked about. Leanne Hainsby. We did. And uh, and just kind of the the, the situation revolving around uh, her sharing of it. Just a quick recap. Very quick. She shared a post that was uh, a picture that was supportive of Black Lives Matter that showed an image of a civil rights activist talking to an older white gentleman. And turns out he was a Holocaust denier. Someone sent her a message that said, FYI, not a good guy. She did not reply, and then she blocked that person. She did reply. She did reply. Oh, I'm sorry. She did reply. She just didn't remove the post, okay. and then she blocked And the then she blocked them, and then that person reached out to Peloton, mm-hmm. and then she issued an apology. Yes. And I think we should issue our own correction here. We had a little, a little mistake last week where we thought the original picture was a post, and then she apologized in the story, but they both existed within the story Yes. Ecosystem on and Instagram. And that is relevant because they disappear on their own after 24 hours. Right. So we were at the time under the impression that the picture, the original post was permanent, but the apology was temporary. That is not true. They both went out in the story thing. So we apologized for that mm-hmm. um, and just wanted to set the record straight on that. So anyway, uh, that's where we kind of left it last week. And just some real quick updates on where we stand this week. Yeah. Uh, so um, as it turns out there, Leanne Hansby had a Peloton Facebook group like all the instructors mm-hmm. do kind of fan page type of thing. Right. Not owned by Peloton. Right. And uh, as it turns out, three of the admins that were 
running the group, they all happened to be Jewish. Um, and so when they posted their feelings about it, there was a lot of back and forth. Lots of people did not agree that these people had any right to be upset. And so they ended up just closing the group. Gotcha. So Leanne Hainsby's invaders no longer exist. But, you know, um, on the bright side, Leanne really never called them out or interacted with them in any way whatsoever. Right. And now there's a new group and Leanne's all over that one. And none of those leaders happen to be Jewish. So okay. whatever that's worth. OK. Yeah. Oh. Still silence from Leanne. Uh, we do have one more update. The late breaking this afternoon that uh, the person that this all started with. Uh, it was actually a couple, mm -hmm. um, and uh, they have been speaking with Peloton directly today. No updates on what that conversation consisted of, but uh, it did take place. Uh, there was also some some back and forth with the uh, UK ladies group. They got wrapped into it because some of the people that were upset over in the invaders group uh, ran the UK ladies group. Okay, um, and so they just started booting out people who had expressed their upsetness at Leanne. Uh, and they, some of those people that got booted had expressed their upsetness in other groups. Like they yes, weren't bringing yes. it to that page. Thank you for clarifying. So yeah, yes. it was like they were they weren't, you know, for lack of a better word, disrupting, yeah. sharing their opinion within the UK ladies group, right. but yet they still got removed from it. I exactly. But but the good news there is that uh, since then, I don't know the conversations that took place, but I do know one of the admins took it upon herself to rise above all of this, reach out and put those two ladies back in the group. Well, that's so good news. Good for her. Absolutely. That was really nice. So anyway, we're not trying to dwell on it or beat a dead horse nope. as much as we love beating dead horses. Uh, <laughs> they have it coming. <laughs> no. Damn dead horses. No, leave oh, no? the horses alone. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, but we just, you know, that was a pretty big story. We got a lot of feedback on it, yeah. and we just felt weird not uh, not giving. There's some new updates, and we just wanted to address them. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Yep. Moving on, there are updates in the class action lawsuit. Yeah. And so I real quickly this afternoon... Read went, the entire brief. Went to law school. Oh, good. Thanks. And so Thanks I for am, doing that. I am now uh, a certified lawyer. No. Do they certify <laughs> lawyers? I don't even know. That's how you know I'm not one. Did you pass the bar? I did. I passed four or five bars. Most of them are closed, thankfully, <laughs> uh, the moment. But uh, um, but it is Missouri, so some of them are still uh, Anyway, so this is about the music purge situation. It is. And um, last week I brought this up because I, I came across an article talking about that. Well, first of all, this class action lawsuit still existed, which I had completely forgotten about. But also I left it with that Peloton had requested that several of these members be deposed. Right. And the judge was going to weigh in with his summary. Uh, like he was going to say yes or no. Right. I mean. And uh, since then. I understand that the judge has said, yes, Peloton does get to depose them because Peloton is under the way that I read this and the way it sounded like you read the same thing. It looks like the other side was kind of or at least they've been accused of cherry picking uh, the people that they wanted to represent this to say like they, quote unquote, had a worse experience for whatever reason. Yeah. So I, I boy, this is really hard to, to it's, discern. It's really dense and we're not lawyers. Right. So. But from what I can gather as a as a layperson, because regardless of what I might have said before, I'm not a lawyer. I feel like I should say that out loud just to cover our butts. Absolutely. But, but uh, 
Um, but the way the class action lawsuit works is you kind of you kind of represent you, you pick a handful of names of actual real life people that and then they kind of stand in for everyone. And then if a settlement is reached, then they notify kind of the world through blanket statements and then people that if they feel they've been aggrieved they can then try to attach themselves to this and get whatever the settlement is whether it's you know three free months or a two dollar check six years from now as a lot of these things are by the time they divvy it all up so peloton wanted to depose these people and uh the people mentioned and the other side did not want them deposed and the argument seemed to be that there's no need to and it puts too much burden on them and they didn't know that they were going to have to get deposed and and the thing the the peloton's kind of like well then clearly they knew they were going to get deposed because any good lawyer has an ethical duty to inform these people of what it means to put your name on a lawsuit because if they don't want to be deposed they don't have to be a part of this and they could still benefit from the settlement just like any other person does in a class action lawsuit right uh, and so uh but yeah so it seems like the the judge at least largely accepted that argument and is going to let them depose a select well, good because that was common sense yeah and it sounds like the the three People who are named as plaintiffs like all bought their bike in like November of 2018. And so I I think Peloton's trying to make the argument of you were trying to say that there should be a settlement based on this loss that you that you suffered by these classes being purged. But because all three people bought their bikes at the same time, but not everyone did that would potentially partake in the suit that it's apples to oranges in terms of what the value is of what. Oh, so like if you bought your bike in 2016, that's a different value than 2018, right, which is a different had, value than 2019. Right, because you had all that time of usage before the ah. purge. So now you might be looking at pennies versus some, you know, <laughs> if it even has a real tangible value, which uh, I would argue that it does not. So it sounds like uh I don't know. Maybe I just I'm hearing what I want to hear. But what I want to hear is that um, this probably isn't going to go the way the people in the class action lawsuit thought it was going to go. Probably not. But it's you know, it's really hard to say because ultimately all the judge really did is say, yes, you can talk to these people and ask them questions about their experience. And yeah. So, but now, now that now that we're going to be able to get more details that Peloton's going to ask instead of the the choice questions that of course their own counsel is going to well, ask sure. it's going to be a very different story of information because if they depose them then doesn't it typically follow that whatever is deposed can also be included in that lawsuit versus if they hadn't been deposed and they then anything would be hearsay at that point right i think that's how that works so like if 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 one of them gets on the stand or in their deposition says Warriors are probably sitting at home going, shut up! I know, right? (laughs) But I would think if one of them in the deposition says something dumb like, like, oh no, I still use the bike all the time, I love it. (laughs) That could be used against you. That's going to be problematic for their side, right? Well, that's going to be the case, so... Yeah. You know, so, you know this class action lawsuit out there might actually be causing Peloton to not put those classes back up. For all you guys that that say, you know, why haven't you put the classes back? This could be one of the reasons. Yeah, that's true. Like they might just figure that there's there's no upside to putting these back because it might be seen as an admission exactly that they had value in the same way that like a lot of times people when they're getting sued they they can't if they say i'm sorry it's an admission of guilt even or, if you're it, just sorry that the circumstances occurred right. like you're not taking responsibility right yes but, you know because people complain about that all the time in the civil system how it ratchets up 
things because they're like they won't even apologize to me and it's like but if they apologize to you they're going to get sued for more exactly it's, yeah so anyway there's a legal <laughs> corner let's Oof. let's shift gears again all right yeah uh, let's talk about some fun stuff this this is cray cray this is uh yeah this is I, this is my favorite story of the week yeah so uh prices for Peloton closed, not in the boutique. All right. But on the secondary let market. Me, let me just say, let me just say to all of you ladies out there, if your husbands give you crap about buying Peloton clothes, I want you to make sure they're not listening right now. You don't want them to hear this. Should I leave the room? No, I need you here. And okay. I don't care what you say. No offense. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't care if you people used to think we were this cute loving couple. <laughs> No, let me let me be very clear. I I definitely care about your opinion, but if you if you take the route that I think you're going to take during this conversation, <laughs> it's not going to change my ways. Is yeah. what I'm saying. So it does not affect me. But there are some people that this could affect. So right. I'm just warning, ladies, before we go into this. Right. Get rid of the husband, okay, or or your partner, whoever in your family yes. gets while, upset. While you're listening to this, she's not advocating that you just leave your husband. <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> no, of course Sorry, not. I'm still in legal mode. I know. I'm like, <laughs> going to trigger all these divorces, and then we're going to get deposed. Okay, okay, okay. So, so here's the deal. In the buy sell trade group, I was sent this story this week. Y'all, there's a leopard set of clothes that are Peloton. All right, and and so th- yeah, they have a leopard print. I don't remember what month they came out. It right. was, but it's been a while. It's mm-hmm. been several months, and uh, it was not even one that I bought. Like it wasn't something that ever. Like interested me It wasn't Right But here's the funny thing They sold And I want to be very clear about this They were on the buy sell trade group Used Excellent used condition Let me be very clear Used No tags Nothing Yeah They had been worn A bra and leggings Sold For $620 and, Used And what was the original retail uh, $88 for a pair of leggings is the going rate for okay. a with pair and this was a with outfit. Yeah. Uh, and then uh it was it's usually around $58 $68 for okay. a bra. So this wasn't some creepy pervy thing where it's like uh, how long well, you been you wearing know, them you could, for? You could you could wonder that. <laughs> but then a few minutes later there was another pair of the cheetah leggings that they marked rare that sold for another $700. Whoa. And again, used. Yeah. And and I want to be clear, this didn't just list and no one bought it. These like were sold, sold for Ca- this amount. Cash on the barrel head. What is happening? That's insane. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. So, first off, I know I tease you about buying stuff in the <laughs> boutique, but just to be clear, you make more money than I do. <laughs> buy whatever you want. So, uh, <laughs> but I will still continue to tease you about it. But I will say... I am no longer going to tease you about buying clothes from the boutique. Right. What I am going to tease you about (laughs) is not then selling those clothes. So now it's just like, I'm just going to buy two of everything. I'm going to spend more money, but then I'm going to make it back in six months. Yeah. So it's like how comic books used to be back in the day when they put out a special cover, a hologram on it or foil embossed. And you buy two of those bad boys. It cracks you up because everyone's like, it's rare. It's rare since when? Well, but it is right because they go out of print so Quick. All rare. Like you could say that about any Peloton outfit. I know, but that, but, but they're saying it's this. 
prints and I, I don't but it's, it's all prints I mean I think if people want certain things uh, you see it in the shoe market all the time with, yeah, with like you do, Air Jordans you do. And, and you know special brands of sneakers like you I mean that's a real thing it, it, it is and I've been hearing I haven't really talked about it but I've been hearing over and over again that there are so many people on the first day that this stuff is out they're going and buying multiple sets and then they turn around and sell them on the buy sell trade group and and they're marking them up quite a bit and and so you know people have called for peloton to re, you know reduce the amount that you can buy right. at one time like don't let people buy five sets but but I mean, you work in the content industry. You know how difficult it is it to is. keep people from doing that. Yeah, you can very, sign in with multiple accounts. Totally. There's so many ways around it. There, if somebody wants to get it, they can. And and again, I know I was joking about comic books, but it's the same problem they had in, in the comic book world where people would buy, come in and buy 10, 15, 20 copies of a book <sighs> so they could turn around and flip it. And there's a lot of books that to this day aren't worth as much money as they should be yeah. because the print runs got so large on books because it was in inflated you know because they would they knew they were going to sell so many because it was a hologram cover or because they restarted the numbering and went back to one and people wanted to have an x-men number one and yeah so it's like if they if they up the quantities too much they could find themselves in that same boat of yeah they've now they flooded the market with this stuff and they're competing against themselves on the secondary like like why go buy a new pair of leggings for 88 dollars if somebody bought 20 of them and now they're just dumping them for 20 bucks each because they're just sick of looking at them. I don't know but uh, it it's eh, I don't know it's another sign of the times you know it's uh, I miss the good old days where you just went in you got your stuff and it was your special moment like I would never part with my Peloton clothes because like most of my Peloton outfits are they represent a special ride or a special time like they have there's memories associated with them and i enjoy wearing them so if there's something i don't enjoy i would get rid of that right but, but there's very very little yeah of my peloton clothes i feel that way about so i just think it's funny it is it's very it's fascinating crazy peloton in the news the new york times had an article about oh well i don't know i don't i can i can read the url I don't have a subscription to that, the- That's so weird. Well, I was able to get into this one for free. I okay. don't know if, why that is. But but here's the the thing. It, it featured Tunde and Alex in this in this article. Heard of uh, it was about Black Lives Matter in general and how um and when I say in general, I mean that was the overall topic, but how that fits in with food, boutique fitness, how it's affecting companies like Peloton and it also talked about soul cycle because you you have these two very different paths happening right now on the one hand you have Peloton and you have you have people like Tunde and Alex and and Chase all of our instructors they focused on Tunde and Alex but we have several instructors that are are very focused on furthering the Black Lives Matter cause right um, but they focus specifically on Tunde and Alex and they talked about how they're taking their platforms and they are furthering what is happening within the entire conversation they're taking it to a new level for right. example tunde has started that speak series that i told you about she brings in uh women of color i haven't seen any men so i'm pretty sure it's just women okay. and um she talks to them about their experiences so when she did the original speak up ride there was a a quote that she gave that was like you should seek to hear people's experiences the way they see them, not the way you see them. Right. And that stuck with her. It like was really powerful. So that 
inspired her to start the speak series which now is apparently inspiring an entire website it is moving beyond that like she's growing with it it is really she's she's really passionate about it and and alex has taken his and he is creating an entire people of of color uh line of products that is going to be use his tagline um by be more or be better do better look better all of his things that he says i'm totally screwing it up right now <laughs> but um it, it's taking his message and and going down that road and peloton has been supporting that they've been very supportive of not only black lives matter but also their instructors the people that work for them now on the other yeah. hand now on the flippity you <laughs> let's, let's last man on earth let's check out what's going on over at soul cycle yeah so i even turned like, yeah. like so over here uh then you have uh which i was told that you pronounce her name soraya that okay. is how you pronounce her name well thank, thank you, you for whoever let us know that gina uh of course yeah. and uh gina Thank you. But uh, then right after Soraya quit, several other instructors quit after her. Right. Uh, I have heard more than four. They should pronounce her name Moses because she started in Exodus. (laughs) Yeah, she did. (laughs) So over here on the SoulCycle side, then these instructors are claiming that SoulCycle is doing nothing behind the scenes. They're not donating money. They're not speaking words that make them feel supported. They're not putting practices in place that are protective of their cultures. Right. And so they're saying, hey, you don't get to feature us as a diverse group of people that work for you. Right. And then not do anything to support our diversity. Right. You're using us. And so they all quit. And wow, what a difference. Yeah. Um, I I just, you know, I'm, I'm hesitating now because all of the conversations that I've heard on my social media are going through my head right now. And there are some really interesting takes on this. Um, there are people that don't think that any of this is a big deal there are people that think that that soul cycle has no right if they said they support it they support it and that's all they should have to do and i just i find that i don't even know what words to use for that but but what i will say (laughs) i'm trying to be very careful here so i don't want to offend anybody is that i really appreciate that peloton stands behind their instructors when they say they will that they're not just putting it on a piece of paper. Right. And I am so proud of our instructors for using their platform for for good, for spreading that message. Right. I know people don't realize it, but it takes a certain amount of bravery to speak up Absolutely. for what you believe in. Because I guarantee you, I don't know how many of you guys put yourselves out there, but let me tell you, it's a constant barrage. And, and you, I do it on a very small level right. compared to what they're doing. And if you say anything beyond just a simple platitude, there's somebody... <sighs> that's gonna light you up yes and it's exhausting yeah. and it is it is soul crushing um it really is because uh you can say something that you mean from the bottom of your heart and people can find ways to twist it into something ugly yeah and it's uh it's it's exhausting yeah so my hat's off to all of the people fighting the good fight and keep doing that keep doing that yes please vox.com had a. Uh... A review of Peloton that was a mea culpa of sorts. Did you get to read this one? Uh, sure. I'm. I have it up now. Tell us all about it, Tom. Uh, they said that they used to make fun of the expensive at-home exercise bike, and then they couldn't leave their apartment for five months. Literally, the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> Quit ruining the magic. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm laughing so hard my computer's shaking on the screen. <laughs> Believe it or not, I have been very busy at work. I, I, I know. I know. You. <laughs> Believe me, I know. I've heard a lot about your project. I figured out a way to do an event. <laughs> don't, you start, don't you start on the podcast about it. I it'll, won't. It'll never stop. <laughs> but this article, I didn't read it either, and I'm giving you crap. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Listen. Just it, for that. You do that again, I'm going to sell your leggings. You know You know what? <laughs> It came out today and I was taking care of your son and not exercising and actually working too. So I had a lot going on. Thank you. And changing everything with school and I'm just bridal saying, showers. And I had a lot. If you sold one pair of leggings, you could buy five more. <laughs> hmm. Huh? What if I don't like the next five? <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. All right. So. They kind of start with this article going back all the way to the commercial. Yes. Okay. And and so remember when that was the controversy at Peloton? <laughs> ah, the good old the days. Good old days. I now see that. Remember commercial. when that was the biggest deal of 2020? I, I see that commercial now. When I think about the commercial, it's in sepia tone. It just feels like a million years ago. Oh my god! <laughs> I would love to go back to those days in a lot of reasons. So, um. <laughs> Yeah, this guy wrote the article. I think it's a guy. It sounds like a guy. I'm totally making an assumption. I have no idea why. But he was talking about how it com- he compared Alex. it at the time. So it could go either way. It could, actually. Uh, so Alex compared it to the commercial to a Bavarian fairy tale created to incite obedience in children, calling it more a threat than a gift. So that was that was their quote. And he says... I think it's a he. Now that we're five months, five months into shutdowns and gyms are shut down indefinitely, I've come to the conclusion I would gladly accept $2,000 of exercise equipment from any man who would want to gift it to me. I think Alex is a woman. Now My you, bad. It could go either way It could still. go either way. So Alex used money that they had saved to buy a Peloton bike as a quarantine purchase. And now over the last couple of months, they have taken 85 classes or so with multiple instructors. And um, they're here to report that while Peloton and and they can agree that the commercial was a little off, they can also admit they were a little wrong about Peloton. And I see this comment a lot on Twitter. You from, do? From people when I just kind of looking for things to talk about and I just searched Peloton You've on Twitter. You mentioned that about and, like celebrity types. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people have this comment that like, yeah, I was making fun of that commercial and now I got one and they're like, this thing's great. Deal deal changer. And they're still thinking, you know, and they're still like, the commercial maybe didn't strike quite the tone that they were hoping for, but like, but they also understand why people have a passion for it in a way that they didn't previously and that they're kind of like, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Well, I think that's pretty cool. And I have to give the writer totally, uh, totally giving them like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Credit. Credit. Yes. <laughs> I was like a bigger word than credit. That's probably what she's going. No, for, I was I going for credit. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Uh, I would like to give the writer credit because it's not always easy to say that you were wrong. Or even that you didn't have all the information. Totally. Now you have new information and you're able to change your views. Hey, how about that? It's magic. If only everybody could do that. <laughs> if only everyone could change their opinion when prevented, presented with new facts. Anyway, uh, <laughs> where were we? <laughs> I uh, guess you're out of lawyer mode now. <laughs> I am out of lawyer mode. That's why I'm proud to get a sued. So uh, Jen Sherman was featured. She was a... So Tammy Diamore said this. I just want to give her. I figured because in the notes it says flipping through New Jersey Monthly Magazine 
and look who I see, Jen Sherman. And I was like, <laughs> why are you flipping through New Jersey <laughs> Monthly Magazine? I mean, yeah, I know you. I en- this is another one where I cut and pasted. Yeah, this is like, what happens at the end of the day. I know you enjoyed The Sopranos, <laughs> but that seems a bit overkill. No pun intended. <laughs> Well, thank you, Tammy, for sending that. It was a nice little, uh, a little, what do you, one column, yeah. like in the page, but it was sidebar. all about. That's it. I'm sidebar. Back in, now I'm back in legal mode. There you go. Sidebar counselor. Different sidebar, but uh, it was a sidebar about Jen Sherman. That's pretty cool. Just you know how how yeah. she was at Peloton and kind of her whole history, if you will. It was tiny, tiny print. You had to really zoom on Facebook, so I didn't read it that in depth, but very cool. Absolutely. This psychological edge with Dr. Jen. Joining us again today for our new regular segment, Dr. Jen Mann. You may know her from VH1's Couple Therapy with Dr. Jen or VH1's Family Therapy with Dr. Jen. Her long-running radio show, The Dr. Jen Show. She's written four best-selling books, including The Relationship Fix, Dr. Jen's Six-Step Guide to Improving Communication, Connection, and Intimacy. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Jen. Woo! Hey! Hello. And don't forget Peloton Addict. Yes. <laughs> yes. Part of my credentials. You are doing this out of the kindness of your heart because you just have a, a, a love for a Peloton. Love and passion for Peloton. Yeah. For Lucky. sure. Lucky yeah. us. <laughs> love love and, and passion is is really putting it mildly. I think it's a bit of an obsession, but you know, you guys get it. I, I do. Well, I, one of us. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Um, I'm, I, I'm adjacent to yes. getting it. Yeah. So. He's um, a supporter of getting it. Correct. You're used to observing the obsession. You just haven't, it, you haven't partaken yet, correct. but there's still hope. I abstain. That's right. But, you know, speaking of that obsession about something you have a great deal of passion for, it kind of leads us into this week's topic. And, uh, uh, you know, there's been all this stuff going on with Leanne Hainsby, and we're not necessarily asking you to comment or drill down on that specifically, but just like, do you have any thoughts on how do you handle it when a coach, an instructor, an artist, a sports figure, someone that you are a fan of, you look up to, you admire, you enjoy their work? does something that like it seems i don't know offensive to your sensibilities on a very core level like how do you deal with that and where is the line between separating art and artists when is it appropriate when is it no longer appropriate the bubble has been burst how do we handle it yeah Yeah. well i think first of all that we tend to put people and and our peloton instructors included on a pedestal because we these are these superhuman, incredibly fit, motivated, motivational, inspiring humans. And it's very easy to forget that they are flawed human beings, just like any one of us, and that they are going to make mistakes just as we do. And that some of them may reveal something significant about their character or their philosophy that we find offensive, you know, such as someone who was recently their classes were taken down and is no longer a Peloton instructor, or it may be something that we look at and we go, wow, this person made a mistake. And this isn't necessarily something that reveals our character, or we may even look at it and say, wow, this is someone who just, it hasn't clicked for them yet. And so I think what we have to really do is assess all of these things on a more nuanced level. And to really look at intent, to look at character, to look at the bigger picture, because we do get attached to 
our instructors. We get attached to their classes and we also are very inspired by them. And it's always a tricky line to walk to say like, oh, this person really, really inspires me, but I really don't agree with their stance on X, Y, and Z that's very important to me. And kind of we have to figure out how to sort of make that shift in our, in our own hearts and our own psyches. So do you have any thoughts on just high level? Because it's going to it's going to apply to a whole host of things. But like, where is somebody kind of like, where is the line for people? Like, what, what, at what point is, is someone being overly sensitive versus like this is a legit a legitimate thing and i know that's kind of case by case but are there there certain aspects or feelings that someone could point to that like no this one is a bigger deal than this other one well i think you ask a great question and you know i'm assuming that you've already shared with your listeners all about the history behind what happened with leanne yeah um you know and you know look i am jewish and I also happen to love Leanne's classes. I, I think that they are terrific. And from what I have observed, and I don't have all of the details, you know, there's always more to be revealed, but it sounds like she was really trying to be sensitive to one cause and didn't really realize she was being insensitive to another cause and really didn't seem it didn't seem to click for her and it just it seems and look I, I tend to like to give people the benefit of the doubt and understand you know I am someone who's been working as a therapist for three decades that part of my job requires enormous compassion for people and I also really get that people are flawed and I also get that there is a process of education for most people especially on topics that are not familiar to them, on topics that they haven't been educated on. So I tend to try to give people the benefit of the doubt. But I also really get that this is a button pusher, you know, like that, you know, it's this is a really sensitive topic and that it is something that also shows something about her, her inability to kind of translate her social justice desires and passions from one group to another, I think that kind of shows, again, giving the benefit of the doubt, which I try to do, I think it shows a real lack of understanding that hopefully will start to click in as it seems like this is sort of snowballed. And my hope for her is that she's able to have it click and go, oh, wow, I really screwed up. I get it now and to make a better amends when it comes to how she handled this. Yeah, I think a good takeaway is just in situations like that, it's it's important to try and let the the aggrieved party know that you you heard them. that you've heard them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, in, in my book, The Relationship Fix, I, t- I talk a lot about how to make amends and part of what's significant to make a effective amends is to understand the harm that you have caused and to be able to express that to those who have been harmed. You know, to just say, I'm sorry, or, 
oh, I shouldn't have done that. Like, that's just words, you know, it's like we can all parrot words, you know, right. so whenever I see like a parent say, you know, say you're sorry <laughs> that you did this. It's like I always say, oh, don't say that because you're just teaching someone to parrot words. Right. What matters is that it sinks in that there is an understanding and a shift internally in the person in order for the amends to be really helpful and healing to those who have been harmed. I think that's a really good point. I think so too. Well, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. Before we we go, where can people find you? People can find me on social media at Dr. Jen Mann, D-R-J-E-N-N-M-A-N-N, two ends on Jen, two ends on man. And also on my website, which is spelled out, Dr. Jen, D-O-C-T-O-R-J-E-N-N. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture size yes none of that with hero bread no because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs they have like no substance to it (laughs) it's like eating air it is and hero bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these I just had toast. Which you love because you have toast almost every day. I do. It was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that I've ever had. And if you're doing the math, it's zero to one grams of net carbs, zero gram sugar, and high in fiber. So don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? (laughs) Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each, so nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away $100 or more on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say, that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, And they also come in like a million different colors and styles. For your $25, you're not sacrificing comfort, safety, or style. If you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the Clipout listeners free shipping on their first order. Just go to gooder.com slash TCO. That's G-O-O-D-R.com and use code TCO to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. Checking out the competition. The Motley Fool had an article. They did. I'm laughing already because I just want to 
point out because I I had so many people send it to me, and I know they were they were very hot and cold about Peloton, depending sure. on who wrote the article, and depending on which uh, clickbait they were pushing into your Facebook feed. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But but I thought that this article was interesting because it talks about uh, Lululemon and and the mirror acquisition, right? And it talked about three reasons that it it may not work out so well, and. Um, I didn't agree with some of the reasons, but I agreed with some. And and one of the reasons that I agreed with them is they've talked about how Peloton already has so much market share sure. that assuming that you can buy Mirror and then turn it into something that can actively compete with Peloton right. in this space is not necessarily true. It's kind of like if it's 1983 and you're like, we got to catch up with Atari. Let's buy ColecoVision. Yeah. And 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 this is a weird one because Mirror it, it can be a competitor of Peloton. It also can be a complement depending on how you use Peloton. Right. Like if you use Peloton only the bike and you don't use any of the other classes, any of the other content because for whatever reason you don't like it, you don't you have like the equipment, th- whatever. You like, you like to throw away money. Yeah. Whatever. Because a lot of stuff you don't need the bike to do. Like, yeah, so- you don't. You, you're right. You so don't. it's like if you if you would really be duplicating services, you would. But some people just really like like I know um, I know early on when Mirror and Tonal came out and I was I was back at the beginning trying to understand just what the difference between Mirror and Tonal was right way back then. Yeah. And I talked to uh, one of our one of our listeners and she's been on the podcast. We've we've interviewed her Chrissy uh, Chrissy Blackwood mm-hmm. and um we talked to her and she she had bought a mirror and she loves it. Absolutely loves it. And now at the time, Peloton didn't have as much content out. Sure. That was besides the bike when she bought her mirror. So I think there's that's part of it. Totally. But also she really loved the live class aspect of mirror because it's very similar to Peloton in that it's competitive. You're seeing the instructor on the screen. They're giving you feedback. They're giving you shout outs. You can follow along with other people. It's got that Peloton-esque aspect. Sure. However, on the flip side, it's all moves that you can do without weights. So if weight training is your thing, then then I don't I don't know that you would want to buy this as opposed to just doing the weight videos with Peloton right. or one of the other services out there. However, on the flip side, Lululemon, they're saying could go down the way of Under Armour and like buy this whole thing and then not use it for cool stuff. Like in my mind, they have the opportunity to put lots of cool stuff on it, like like trying on clothes and those kinds of things or doing personal training. They could go a bunch of different ways, but who knows if they will. Right. And if they don't, now they've just sunk all this money into it and they're just expecting that they're just going to get all this money from new users, which I don't know that they will because it's not just Peloton they're competing against. There's a ton of new p- products coming to market. Right. So um, so I felt like even though I don't necessarily agree with Motley Fool in general, I, I felt I feel like it's not a done deal. Like this is not necessarily a slam dunk. I would agree because I don't feel like. Whatever mirror's gonna be, I don't feel like it's there yet. Yeah. So if Lululemon can't take it to the next level, then they, you know, like, I mean, I could buy a Harley Davidson, but I don't know how to drive one. Yeah. So it's not gonna do any good. It's just gonna sit in the driveway. And you'll be able to beat me on your on a bicycle because I'm not gonna know. It doesn't matter, right? right and exactly. So it's like I I kind of feel like I I'm not entirely convinced that Lululemon knows what they're doing. I don't know. Time will tell. Yes, it will. Other connected fitness. However bad 
sorry, badly <laughs> for grammar police. However badly your day is going, it's probably not going as badly as the people who work at Garmin. Yeah, last week. Oof. Uh, so if you guys haven't heard, I just thought this was an interesting story. Um, I feel like most people know about ransomware. If you don't, you probably want to Google it because I'm going to talk about things that you're not aware of. But in general, it just means that somebody took some of your information. They basically hijack your computer and they'll sell it back to you. Yeah. So they've been doing this to companies, pretty small companies for a couple of years they now. They do it to a lot of local governments. I have to take, I just had to take a cybersecurity like online course at work because I work for a county municipality and it's happening to municipalities a lot where where they'll come in and the, basically and they'll look at all this personal information because the government needs that for taxes and whatnot and so they're very concerned about us falling victim to ransomware yeah and if you if you don't and, and so they're kind of asking for a little enough money that like you're going to want your information back more than you're going to want the money because at some it's point. also it's time sensitive right like every day you don't have access to that it's costing you money so while it might be a large sum of money to an average person to a business it's like is it cheaper to just pay it so the interesting thing is that uh, they attacked Garmin and uh, Garmin is a Kansas based company for you that for those of you that don't know. So all of their services were down. Now, I didn't realize how many services they have. They are not just watches right. and bike computers. They also do boat ramp data they do flight data like they do all kinds of data because they started with gps like that was where they started so gotcha. that those data flight plans like that's their bread and butter uh, okay and um so it just happens to work within the fitness community also right well um so these entire services were down all weekend i think it started on thursday and nothing was working and so they started bringing services back and i never heard if they paid or what they did to get the get it back. I don't know. They had shut down everything for several days. And I think they were trying to keep it from spreading any further. Right. Because it could it could spread just from computer to computer. Totally. Uh, so crazy, crazy stuff. Um, sounds like they have it under control now. But I just thought it was kind of interesting. They're getting bolder. Yeah. I think what they did is they made sure everybody's computer was wearing a mask. And that, and that slowed the spread. It flattened their curve. That's good. Yeah. That was, that was smart. It was. You know, it's interesting they had to do that, though, because everybody was working from home. But your computer, though, still get on the Internet. That's everywhere. So how do you give it a mask on the Internet? CNBC had an article <laughs> about how people aren't going to renew their gym membership. So we, <laughs> I feel like we see a new version of this article like every week. <laughs> I know. And I just mentioned it the other day when we were recording our, uh, our tonal episode. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't have this in front of me when we were doing that, but somebody posted this in the clip out and uh, I, I could, I was right though. The percentage of Americans that plan to not renew their gym memberships after COVID-19, 59%. Oof. Woo, indeed. It's uh, that's good news for Halloween pop-up stores, I guess. They're saying 56% say that the pandemic helped them find more affordable ways to get exercise and live a healthier lifestyle. And not just affordable, but convenient. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, it, the respondents in the in average spent about $177 a month on things like gym membership, fitness classes, and personal training. Boy, I'm glad I don't have to answer that survey. <laughs> 
It's very interesting stuff. So this will be, uh, you'll be able to see this whenever you get your newsletter this week. You'll be able to crunch your own data. Yeah, so you can sign up for that at theclipout.com. Yeah. We should probably get in a real quick plug for Peloton for Parkinson's. Yeah. Uh, so we had um, Eric Tostred on back in April, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, he was going to be doing the fifth year, but uh, then COVID. Sure. And he couldn't do it. So back on. Right on. It's coming up in August, I think. Let me open this link real quick. But I think it's in August in Wisconsin. I like how you adopted a little Wisconsin Did you like accent when you said there. Wisconsin. I like the whole place just suddenly smelled like cheese. <laughs> Friday, August 28th. That's going to be the big day. So uh, if you want to sign up, we will put this. This link is out in the clip out group, but we will also include it in the newsletter in case you want to sign up and, and join in. So good luck to Eric and his team. New content. Whole bunch of new stuff. Whole bunch of new stuff. Whole bunch of new stuff. If you like the house music. Yeah. Do you remember uh, several months ago that Olivia Amato had, like, she took over the Spotify EDM channel called Mint? Okay. The playlist called Mint? Well, um, this time around, it's the Spotify playlist called Housework. Work with an E. Work, okay. Work. Um, anyway, and uh, Jess King and Maddie Majacomo are going to curate playlists for the house, the Spotify housework playlist. Um, and so the classes that they did took place already. It was on uh, July 28th for Jess. It was a ride at 6 p.m. Eastern. And then Maddie did a run on July 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern. But those playlists are available on Spotify. Then we have something else exciting. <laughs> This one is tonight. Okay, a new artist series. Yes, a new artist series. Uh, Rapper, activist, and actor Common uh, is teaming up with our Peloton group. And uh, we have Tunde doing a ride on the 29th at 7.30 p.m. Chase Tucker doing a boot camp on the 29th at 7 p.m. And that's all Eastern. Chelsea Jackson Roberts is doing a yoga flow at 6 p.m. Eastern on the 29th. Jess Sims is doing a run on the 30th at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. And Adrian Williams is doing a full body strength on 7.30 at 7 p.m. Eastern. Awesome. And if that's not enough for you, if you want something, I guess, for the kids, there are 16 new family classes added. Yes, there's new Fit Family Yoga, which is led by Kristen McGee, Family Friendly Meditations with Chelsea Jackson Roberts, and Anna Greenberg is also doing um, some of the meditations, and then Jess Sims is doing cardio classes. Awesome. Checking in with the Peloton community. So uh, joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube, which is what we now use instead of skype phone. I'm sure it's quite the culture shock for people, uh, is Todd Bohannon. Hey, Todd, how are you doing? Hi, I'm great. Thank you for having me. That is a fun last name to say. Is it? It is. I mean, Bohannon. Bohannon. It's, it's like, uh, it's kind of, I, I want to drift into the uh, that the name game song. <laughs> Bohannon, Fannin, Fofannin. Like it's, it really yeah. lends itself to that song. He's like, yeah. He's like, shut up. <laughs> Why did I you agree to this? <laughs> you don't see the name. You don't see the name a lot. We, I think there was like a basketball player for for the University of Wisconsin or something that was was uh, in in the Final Four a couple of years ago or something. So we we cheered for him for a couple of games. So you, <laughs> yeah, you don't hear a lot. Well, I, I it is a fun name. So 
I guess uh, we'll stop making fun of it. I'm not making fun of it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm just saying that that's, it makes We're me think of We're off to a terrible start. It makes okay. me think of the name song. Well, <laughs> Tom, it's the only one I got. So I yeah, totally. Know that's, to yeah. <laughs> well, okay. maybe one day you'll join the Federal Witness Relocation Program, and then you'll have multiple names. Something to aspire to. Yeah, yeah I know. Dare- one can only hope. Dare to dream. <laughs> okay, so um, let's see. I I understand that you have always been a super active person. So so tell us about yourself. Give us some history. Sure. So I um, I grew up. Uh, I would say I was an athlete. Um, grew up playing a bunch of sports. Type of type of kid where my dad coached a lot of our teams, whether it be little league or I played soccer growing up. And when I got to high school, I played soccer. I was a swimmer and I ran track. Um, swimming was kind of my uh, main sport in high school. And then I went on to swim in college at the Division three level at Tufts University. Wow, um, nice. And then um, following college, I, I continued to stay in the sport of swimming through coaching. So I've kind of always, through one way or another, had, had a tie to the athletic world. And my relationship to fitness has been, you know, tied to that in one way or the other, whether it's through uh, my own fitness, which has certainly kind of uh, come and gone over the years. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit um, or whether it's, you know, working with, with some of the young athletes that I've worked with over the, the course of years to kind of guide them through um, not only physically training them through the sport of swimming, um, but also, you know, there's a lot of the life lessons that you can learn through such a difficult sport. So, yeah, I mean, I would, I would say as an athlete growing up, I mean, in, in saying that, of course, you know, you always kind of think about, oh, yeah, you know, there's always better athletes out there or whatever. But, you know, when you're, when you're a kid and you kind of have to identify as something, I guess that's one thing that I identified. You know, well, it's, it's I, I think you athlete. qualify. I think you qualify as athlete. Like that's a lot oh, of stuff. Thanks. You just that listed hit. off a lot of right. things. <laughs> I try. I try. I'm like, if that doesn't count, like, what's where is the bar for you? Like that's <laughs> that's a lot. Well, of, that's, that's a pretty well, you tall get, order. <laughs> you got to notice, I didn't necessarily say I was a good athlete. I mean, I was, I was decent. But there's always somebody better. I mean, that's one thing that I always I always teach my kids. You know, sometimes they uh, they get a little bit of a, a big head or they get a little too big for their britches. And, and the sport of swimming is perfect for that because you don't even have to put them on the same basketball court as somebody else. You can just literally go into a database of times these days and say, well, you know, you think that you're hot stuff, but this kid over here is probably working twice as hard as you and they're, you know, look at their times. And so it kind of redirects them back towards practice and their training and kind of gets them, you know, refocused. So there's always somebody out there. I think Matt says that a lot in a lot of his classes, Matt Wolfers. So you're like, you remind the kids you're, you're literally a big fish in a little pool. (laughs) (laughs) So true with everything, you know, there's that. Yeah. You can compare yourself all day long. But something kind of changed along the way. You had some you had some pretty big events happen. Would you like to talk about those? Sure. Yeah. So I've had a couple uh, injuries. I'm pretty accident prone, which is kind of interesting because I'm actually a very careful person. Like I I learned how to ski in college, but I go down the mountain very slowly. Like I'm not the type of person to go bombing down the mountain. But um, yeah, about four years ago, I... um, was involved in a very weird accident where I, I've been a sleepwalker my whole life. 
And it's always been kind of the type of thing where I would kind of do funny or weird things and my family would kind of give me a little bit of grief about it or have a little bit of a laugh the next morning. Um, but I was uh, living on the island in Nantucket where I lived for three years. And I was living on my own and I was living on the third floor of a building. And in the middle of the night, while completely asleep, I slept walked out of a third story window. And I fell 25 feet out of this window and I did not wake up until I hit the ground. So I have zero recollection of going out of the window or anything prior to waking up on the ground, um, realizing that something pretty terrible had just happened. So uh, initially, so I, I, this was in the middle of night. I think it was somewhere around 3 or 4 a.m. Unfortunately, I was living alone at the time. I was supposed to have some roommates join me, but they hadn't come yet. So uh, luckily, a neighbor next door had uh, heard me kind of calling for help. And, you know, the EMTs came or whatever and kind of scooped me up. So I was living on the island in Nantucket. In, in that comes a lot of uh, challenges sometimes. Um, they have a new hospital there. They actually just built a brand new one. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask summer. that. Like, if you're if you're on an island, then sometimes getting resources to you right. is going to be problematic. Right. Yeah. So they they actually just built a brand new hospital, and they have pretty good medical care there for a lot of things. I had uh, some pretty significant damage to my leg. I had uh, multiple fractures in my leg as well as a lot of other injuries that they were concerned about, internal you know, organ, you know, they were concerned about my neck and my head and concussions and all that. So it also happened to be kind of foggy that night, which sounds like a really weird detail to include in the story, but when you live on an island, it's important. So normally people get medevaced by like a private company off of the island when you have an accident like that. I got flown by the U.S. Coast Guard off of Whoa. the island because they're really good at flying in bad weather. So they flew me to Boston to Mass General Hospital, um, which is one of the best hospitals in the world, um, which I was very lucky to go to. And so the injuries that I sustained were um, I broke both bones in my leg. I broke a bone in my foot and I broke one of the, the worst injuries long term was I broke a bone, my, the bone of my heel called your calcaneus, which is funny because every doctor said to me like, oh, it's really hard to break that bone. You usually have to fall like from a certain height to do that. And I said, well, you know. I, Mission I, accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what yeah. happened. And I also, I actually injured my shoulder. So I had what's called an avulsion fracture in my shoulder. And an avulsion fracture is when the tendon pulls a piece of bone off of the main part of the bone. So it, it kind of pulls a little chunk off of the bone. And so that actually bothered me for about a year. It pulled it, the, the bone right off, right where the um, rotator cuff um, attached. So, Ooh. you know, anybody who's ever had a rotator cuff injury knows it's very difficult to kind of recover from. Um, so anyway, so the, the Coast Guard flew me to, uh, I'd never been in a helicopter before, uh, so I got I got flown to Boston. Were you awake enough to, like, 
enjoy that? Like, I would think you'd be in so much shock and pain. I don't don't think he's enjoying much of anything. Well, he just seemed kind of happy about that. He's like, I'd never been in a helicopter, you know. And I was just like, were you actually in a in a place in your head that you could enjoy that at that moment? I I, because I couldn't, and and so I was just trying to picture that, you know. So by the time they got me to the helicopter, they had kind of gotten me a little more comfortable. And there's a couple of details I, I do remember that were kind of funny. First of all, so they're wheeling me into the helicopter in like a, like a, like a gurney or, or right. same type of thing you would be wheeled into an ambulance. And they wheel me underneath the rotors, which are already spinning. And I remember thinking that I had to duck. When I'm under the rotor. Sure. <laughs> yeah. If the Which opening so, credits of MASH have taught us anything. It's that you got to duck. It's that you got to duck. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Which is so stupid when you think about it. But yeah. it's like you look up above you and it's like, oh, that's certain death that that touches me. So I'm right. on this gurney like trying okay. to duck. Um, and then the other, the other detail is there was this guy sitting next to me in like a full helmet. And with his face shield over that was like tinted and he looked like he was straight out of like Top Gun. And I just remember thinking like, this guy looks so badass. Like, this is such a cool job. <laughs> he, he was like, this is my time to shine. And he had this like, he kind of had this stupid looking mustache too. Like, I don't know if he like lost a bet or something, but he did look pretty cool with his helmet on. I was like, all right, man, I got to give it to you. So I have to ask if when the Coast Guard uh, does the does the the flight instead of the medevac, does that get you yeah. like out of the copay? Do you still got to pay for that? That's a good How question. does that? W- you know, I think it's free. What? That's great. Score. I mean, I, if it well, had, if you had to fall, a good foggy night sounds like yeah. it saved you a, a flight out. I mean, maybe they're going to track me down now because they're going to hear me on this podcast. I don't think we're that popular. I don't don't think the Coast Guard's listening. Uh, I think you're okay. (laughs) Even the TSA or even the NSA won't eavesdrop on us. Like, they don't care. Well, I'll put it this way, Tom. I never paid the bill. So, well done. (laughs) Okay. Have you checked your credit report recently just to make sure? I mean, I couldn't pay that bill. So what is it? They're expensive. They're expensive. Yeah, my, yeah. My, my mom had to have it once and it was like, oh, yeah, it's tens of thousands of dollars, probably more so getting from an island and what, you know, cause yeah. Yeah. So when you well, say you, you oh, go ahead. You hear about people getting like uh, medevaced off of cruise ships and things and how expensive yeah. that is. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. When you say you slept, walked, what's the proper conjugation of that verb? I don't know. Sure. But when you sleepwalked it, it did <laughs> out of the window. Was the like was the window open or did you actually go through glass? Yeah. Like, was it a plate glass window? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was um, it was like 90 degrees that night. So it was like okay. June 30th. It's pretty warm. And I was on the third floor. It was like, it wasn't an attic, but it was basically like an attic. It was pretty hot. So it was just a screen window. Okay. I actually have a picture of um, of the outside of the house. And if you zoom in to the uh, to the window, you can see the screen pushed out. I mean, the theory is, is that I like kicked through the screen and then went out feet first. Because, you know, otherwise, I mean, if I went out head first, I mean, you know, I don't know. Right. And with your heel, with your heel being broken like that, it sounds like you just drop straight down. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't even understand how you go out feet, like how you go through a window standing with with your feet. Like, 
like I could see straddling the window, you yeah. know, but I'm trying to picture like, did you jump out matrix style? You know, you know what I mean? Like, you like, know, like you jumped and you don't know. Yeah, he's you like, don't I know. have no idea. <laughs> so what was no your, idea, do you, see, do that's you re- the weird thing is like you, the three of us are sitting here trying to figure this out. And, and I, I had right. just as much of an idea about this as you because I was asleep. And, and that's what's so bizarre. I mean, I don't remember what dream I would need. Usually if I, if sometimes I'll have a certain dream and then I'll be kind of half awake. And I remember one time I had this dream that the house was on fire and I remember looking down at the floor and I could, I could, I was like half awake and I could see like visually thought I was seeing smoke come up from the floor. So like I can remember things like that sometimes. But th- that night, I have no recollection of what dream I was having. I have no idea. Huh. So when uh, when you kind of came to, like, were you? Yeah. Did you did you know what had happened? Not. In a, now I know you don't know the events that transpired specifically, but were or were you were you like, what is this all about? Like, or were you like this? I definitely was sleepwalking and somehow did something. Yeah, you know, I figured it out pretty quick. I mean, I knew that my leg was broken. Um, I've, I've broken bones before and like, it wasn't, yeah, I knew my leg was broken and I don't know how to explain it, but I kind of just looked up. I think I saw the screen. I just, I, I just kind of had a feeling of what happened. Um, and, and the funny thing is I (laughs) I remember my first thought and I don't know why this makes me laugh, but my first (laughs) thought was like, Man, I really wish that didn't happen. <laughs> like, sure, yeah, yeah that's, that's like, like you know, if something happens in your life, and you're just like, like, can we just turn the DVR back like five right. minutes? Yeah, been and, there, my uh, friend. Yeah, I was married to her. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So, uh, other than that, how was Nantucket? No, uh, no, Great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So I'm. Uh, have you ever heard of a comedian by the name of Mike Birbiglia? It's funny you ask that question. So, Mike Birbiglia had that movie, right? Right. Um, it's very similar. With- Sleepwalk with me. He had, and, and if you don't want to watch the movie, there's a an episode of This American Life where he, yeah. which is the he, they turned it into the movie where he tells his journey with sleepwalking, and he had something similar happen to him. So, huh? Yeah. So I have seen the movie. And um, I believe that he premiered that at the Nantucket Film Festival. What? what? Yeah, no way. Or, or, or at least showed it. So, did he steal your he, story? <laughs> no, because this happened first, so I stole his. But funny story. So, okay. two years ago, I attended the Nantucket Film Festival. Right. So we're sitting. This is after Mike Birbiglia. I think it was the, either one or two years after he premiered. So I'm sitting in this theater and my fiance is next to me. And then Mike Birbiglia sits down next to her. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, I know who that is. I know what happened. Like, we're going to be best friends. Right. Right. Like, yeah, we have this shared experience. How many people have done this? Right. Right. So I reach over her and tap him on the knee, which was probably the worst possible thing I could have done. And I look at him and I go, excuse me. I just wanted to let you know that I slept walk out of a window two years ago and I'm fine now, but I can really relate to your story. And he looks right at me and he goes, I'm glad you're okay. And look the other way. 
which it's fine. Like, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. Like I, I probably messed up and then I touched his leg. You know, he's probably like, who's this person touching me? The guy's a celebrity, right? Yeah. I, I, I not, know what you're saying. It seemed what makes me laugh though, is that if you're the person sitting behind Mike Birbiglia and you have no idea maybe who he is and you see me say that to him and he's like, cool. You know, you're yeah. like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> well, and I will say in his defense, but I bet you after that movie, and that was a very, I hate to say popular, but well-known, like kind of routine in his act because it's very memorable and unique. But I, he, I bet he gets that a lot. I bet a lot of people that have been there. There aren't a lot of people who probably have been through what you've been through, but I bet you a good chunk of the ones who have. Have, have probably have heard of that reached out to him in some oh. capacity yeah and who knows oh, what kind of day yeah. he was having you know but it's <laughs> it's he's on so nantucket at a like... film festival his day's doing okay i mean it's like somebody <laughs> reaches out to you you're trying to make a connection boom shut down even you could tell he doesn't write a peloton right <laughs> i mean was... because of his attitude i wasn't making a joke about anything else just to be clear <laughs> That was before the movie started, so the whole time I'm just like sinking into my seat, like, oh, now I can't go to the bathroom, I can't have to move, I'm an idiot, you know. So, <laughs> so, so I I go to Boston, and the, I I didn't have surgery, so I had to have surgery to put a, a plate in my leg to stabilize the tibia and fibula in my leg, the two main bones in the in the in your lower leg. But it, that didn't happen for two full days. And the worst part about that is every morning they would wake me up and say, okay, there's a possibility that you're having surgery today. You can't eat oh. and you can't drink. So I would make it all the way to like four o'clock in the afternoon. And they're like, oh, no, not going to happen today. Now you can have something to eat or drink. Right. Oh. So I had nurses giving me like I like sneaking me ice chips like, oh, we're sure you're really thirsty. you know. <laughs> and I'm like half out of it because I'm on every drug they can possibly. Yeah, get. I bet. But yeah. So but they're literally, you know, this is a major hospital. It's one of the best hospitals in the world. They're literally flying people in with helicopters that are getting put in front of me for surgery because they're, you know, worse shape than I was. But so I had surgery. I was there for a couple of days. And then I, uh, I went to a rehab facility back on Cape Cod where I grew up, where my parents lived. And I was there for six weeks and just working on a lot of different stuff, just not even really rehabbing my leg that I had injured, but just how to kind of get through life, you know, just move around in, the, in a safe way and whatnot. And then, uh, yeah, so I was on crutches for a total of six months. Um, I had either wow. a cast or a boot for that entire time. Every time I would go back to the doctor, they would have to cut the cast off and give me a new one because, and then when they would give me the cast, it would be tight on my leg, but my leg was atrophying at such a significant rate. By the time I would go back to the doctor, the cast would be like rattling around. Aww. So they'd have to cut it off and then they have to give me a new one that would just be like, you know, actually fit. Oh. So by the time that I, um, by the time I finally got a boot, my leg was like so skinny. I bet. Like less than half the size of the other one. It was pretty pathetic. Looked pretty, <laughs> looked pretty bad. And, uh, yeah. So, and then I went back to Nantucket. So what I did there, I was a full-time swim coach there. I worked at the local community pool. I was just an aquatic director. 
Um, so even once I got back on crutches, I went back to the island. I started coaching again, but I wasn't able to coach on a pool deck on crutches. Super dangerous. Um, you know, it's a wet tile floor sure. on crutches. It's just yeah. not going to work out very well. So I had a wheelchair that I was coaching from, um, which sounds kind of like people are like, oh, that must have been tough. And it was like, no, it was awesome. Like I was like zooming around the pool deck, like, <laughs> you know, I was like spinning around, like making the little kids laugh. Yeah, I was teaching swimming. We had a big swimming lessons program, I'm teaching swimming lessons, going up and down the pool deck on a, on a wheelchair. Um, you know, not obviously not to make, make light of using wheelchair for people who need to use it, but sure. of course, um, yeah. of course. you know, on, on a wet pool deck, it was, it was a way for me to actually still stay engaged with the kids. Totally. Um, obviously I wouldn't have been able to when I was, um, when I was on crutches and then actually I used it as my office chair for a little over a year afterwards because it was pretty comfortable. So <laughs> I used to I go, feel like I used you, to go. You- bombing around in that thing and then like one of the older kids would be kind of mouthing off or not listening and i would go flying up to the pool deck <laughs> and then slam on the they fly up to the edge of the pool and slam on the brakes and you know get all like heated or whatever and they would they would be like oh man like todd's man <laughs> i mean i feel like you took an opportunity to make it into as positive, of yeah. This, you know, you, you you took a situation that could have just been really depressing, and you 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 made were making it, lemonade, exactly. So yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you just don't have a choice at, at that point. I think um, you know, people would say to me like, "Oh, you know, we're we're impressed with your attitude, or this and that," and like, it was nice to hear that from people. It was encouraging, but at the same point too, like, it was just my reality. I mean, right. if, if you're going to feel bad for yourself, uh, there was a, a two or three days to do that. And then once you got to, once I got to the rehab facility and it was time to, to start doing work to get better and to, you know, get myself to the point where I could, I could live on my own again and take care of myself and move around a house in a safe way and use crutches and go back to work and work with the kids and athletes that I was working with and do what I really enjoyed and loved. And, you know, I mean, there was, there was goals that I had and you didn't necessarily have time to feel bad for yourself. And it, and it constantly got better. You know, there was smaller, small setbacks along the way, but you know, things just slowly got better. And so you just kept moving forward. I mean, I think after a while, I don't think I realized how much pain I was in or how miserable I was because it was better than it was two weeks before. Mm. Um, the, the sort of swelling that I would get in my foot, especially once I started using crutches and eventually using a cane, the sort of swelling that I would get once I started walking again was pretty dramatic. But you just had to push through it. Like I I had, I had work. I had the kids that I was coaching, you know, and if you have a a seven or eight year old kid, either in swimming lessons or on the swim team who you're coaching on the pool deck, like they don't necessarily care that you're in pain. Like they're, they're in swimming lessons. They want to have fun. You can take the word necessarily out of that sentence. They don't care. <laughs> Kids they don't, don't care. They just—they're just, yeah. They're not wired to, to yeah. care about that kind of like, stuff. Oh, I'm a suck for you. Anyway, about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you feel like uh, this changed your perspective on fitness at all? So it did. I so 
over the course uh, after college, my, you know, I'd always gone up and down with, with my weight. And I think probably the biggest part of that was just not eating correctly and poor nutrition. But after this accident, I think what I realized was one of the biggest things that I could do for myself was to lose weight and to take some pressure off of, off of my foot. You know, I sometimes refer as my foot or my ankle, but one of the biggest lasting effects I have was from that calcaneus fracture and from the joint that sits right above it, a lot of cartilage damage. And so when you have an injury to your foot, I mean, it's pretty simple, you know, pretty simple logic to think the more weight I can lose, the better it's going to be for my foot moving forward. It's like Um, joint issues. Right. Almost. Well, yeah. So knee pain, anything like that. Right. So I kind of set off on, on a mission and, and it wasn't just, you know, day one, a straight line down, I guess, in this circumstance. It was, uh, it was a journey, but I slowly got ahead of steam. And what I ended up starting with is I actually would go on walks um, once I got to the point where I could do that um, without a ton of swelling. And I, I would make a conscious decision of like, I'm going to go for a two mile walk. And at the end of it, like, this is going to suck. Like, it's, it's going to be, I'm going to have a ton of swelling, and I'm going to have to ice afterwards, and I'm going to probably, like, barely be able to walk when I go to bed. But, like, I need to exercise. I need to look at the long term here. Like, I, I need to be working towards, you know, this goal, long-term goal, even if it means that this is going to be pretty miserable for me tonight, tomorrow morning, or whatever. Which, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to in terms of their, you know, a lot of the workouts that we're doing on Peloton or whatever in the, in the moment kind of suck, right? But it helps us reach sort of long-term goals. So, you know, I think a lot of people, especially nowadays, a lot of people look at working out and fitness as, you know, I don't like, like to look at the number on the scale or I don't like to think about weight. I like, for me, at certain points, it literally was about a number on a scale to me because I just, I, it was the physics to me. I needed to get weight off of my foot. Now, when I say that, at, when I had my accident, I was 270 pounds. Okay, so when I, as of, as of today, I'm 192 pounds. Wow. So, Congratulations. Yeah. That's not easy. Yeah. Thank you. So, I mean, if you think, what would my injury be like now if I still had that 80 pounds? that I'm carrying around every day. Right. So, you know, another big thing for me is that I got my nutrition kind of in order and I, I I did Weight Watchers for that. And, you know, some people would say, oh, that's, you know, maybe a short term or a fad diet or whatever. What it really did for me was it just taught me how to eat. It taught me, you know, that I really needed to cut out a lot of the sort of carbs and the sugars that I was eating. And it, it allowed me to develop sort of a routine in my eating and certain healthy foods or healthy options that even now, if I, if I don't necessarily track everything in their system now, there's a lot of education that I went through with that process that I still apply to my everyday sort of nutrition plan. So I think um, Weight Watchers also kind of helps people keep in mind portion control. Like, I, I mean, that's yeah something I struggle with. I mean, I've never done Weight Watchers, but just the idea of like it's made for you eat this and then and then you're done right like don't there's no seconds to go <laughs> you, back you don't for, get two bags of that or no, whatever <laughs> yeah like you know like the, it's just you're you're done now right yeah 
So one thing that I, that I really struggled with after my accident, it's like you started out this interview, Crystal, talking about like we talked about when I was growing up, how I was athletic or I, I kind of identified as an athlete. After my accident, that was one of the hardest mental aspects of it for me. Is I didn't feel athletic. I have certain lasting effects of this injury that will be with me forever. If you met me in person right now, you may or may not notice any of those. I certainly feel them on a daily basis when I wake up. Um, But it was very hard. I was 33 when this accident happened. So it was very hard for me to kind of wrap my mind around the fact of, you know, am I athletic anymore? Am I broken, for lack of a better term? Am I, there's certain parts of me that maybe I'm never going to get back. I mean, I certainly wasn't in good shape. But I always had it in my back of my mind that I could be if I really wanted. Sure. You know? Yeah. It's like if Tom wanted to get on the uh, the chicken tender bike. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's always there for him. Totally. Right. I get what you're saying. There's a difference between choosing not to and essentially being told. Like, this is no longer an option. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite things that the Peloton instructors talk about is that this is something you get to do. You don't have to do it today. Like we, those of us who do exercise, Tom, we choose, we choose to do it. You know, nobody's, nobody's making us. And we hopefully most of us appreciate that, like our bodies can still do that. So I I totally get what you're saying. You kind of, I would think that if it were me, because I'm a little bit negative, just a what? little tiny bit. Um, I think I would have felt very powerless. Like I would have felt like if somebody took the option away from me and that would make me angry, like it would no longer be, it wouldn't feel like it was an option to be active anymore. Yeah. I think it, a good analogy is kind of like what's going on right now in the world with, with the, you know, quarantine sheltering in place. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Most nights I'm going to come home and sit down and watch TV, but knowing <laughs> Knowing that that's really kind of the only option that I have gets frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can remember lying in the, the emergency room. So right when I had first gotten to Boston and they were taught, they were telling me about my, my heel fracture. And one interesting point about my heel fracture is I remember looking down at my foot and seeing it ballooned up. And I, I looked over at the, the doctor and I said, what's wrong with my foot? And they're like, well, you broke your heel. Well, my leg, the two bones that I broke in my leg hurt so bad. I didn't even realize that my foot hurt. Oh, my God. So then they explained to me that the heel fracture, whatever. And then they said, you might have a limp for the rest of your life. And it was so weird to me because I've broken a handful of bones, like five or six bones prior to this in my life. Collarbone a couple of times, all this stuff. So I remember Yikes. looking at the guy being like, well, what do you mean? Like a bone breaks and it just heals. Like, right. Right. Just, just put it back together. Like right. this is a construction yeah. project. what I'm paying like, you for. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, um, and that was a little tough. And so I think, you know, in the back of my mind, again, something that's always out there and available to me, I've always had this sort of thought about, you know, it's like, oh, it would be cool to run a marathon. Sure. You know, and I've always I've always had that thought since I was a little kid, you know, growing up in Massachusetts. I remember sitting on the floor of our living room with my mother watching the Boston Marathon. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. TV every year and being kind of fascinated by it. 
And it was always something that was kind of on a bucket list. Now, when I was 270 pounds, was I actively pursuing that? No. No. But it was but again, there. it's yeah. like somebody taking that. That's a different story. Yeah. And so that's something that I, I could not do now. But there's other things that I could do. So, um, and I'm much healthier now than I, than I was when I had the opportunity to theoretically run a marathon, but I wasn't choosing to take that opportunity. So, um, and healthier in terms of, you know, resting heart rate and lower blood pressure and, you know, actually living longer, probably. So, um, that's the real marathon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only marathon that really counts. Right. So yeah. where does the Peloton fit into this journey? Sure. So the Peloton fits in. So my now fiance and I started dating in January of 2018. So about a year and a half after my accident. And I like to say I had just stopped limping right before we met. And like afterwards, she's like, no, you were still limping. But you're like, that was my strut woman. (laughs) I say that all the time. I say, no, it's just swagger. Yeah. Um, So a few months into into dating, I I was like, you know, I want to start. I'm going on all these walks and I'm just, you know, I was kind of progressing physically to try to do more. And she goes, you know, I've always enjoyed doing spinning. Why don't you go spin? And there was a local studio in Nantucket. Um, the biggest issue that I have with my foot is side to side motion. So the joint that I have issue with in my foot, um, right above the, the heel bone is the joint that, that gives you side to side motion in your foot. So with spinning, you don't need a lot right. of side to side motion. So she's like, this would be perfect for you. So we went, it was hard. I almost threw up, but I loved it. <laughs> And I continued to go to the studio on Nantucket, which was awesome. So the two ladies that I took classes with there were mothers of kids that I coached on the swim team. Oh, awesome. They are like the toughest chicks you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> One of them is Irish, like from Ireland. <laughs> She's about four foot ten, and she could 100% beat me up. <laughs> we're, we're like that yeah <laughs> i'm so tough <laughs> but the way that they the way that they coach these classes it was just exactly how or very very similar to how i coach swimming and it okay. wasn't it wasn't a spin studio where it was they didn't baby you they didn't you know, there wasn't a ton of tap backs and dancing and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I was the only guy in the class and everybody else was kind of other mothers from the swim team, to be honest with you. <laughs> but, um, but they were tough and it was, it was athletic and it was a workout and it was, it was like we were training for something and I loved it. And so I started feeling athletic again. That was the turning point. It's one thing to go on a two, three mile walk and that was great. But to get on a piece of equipment and feel like I was training was awesome for me. So they, they also had this class there called Ride and Rip. So what we would do is we would do 45 minutes on the second floor of this building um, on the spin bike and then go downstairs and we would do 30 minutes in there. It would be kind of like half of a hit, like half like CrossFit type class. Oh, okay. So and it was rough. The bunch of like AMRAPs, we'd be doing fall slams, there was rowing, there was battle ropes, but it was awesome. And again, like 
I struggled with it in the beginning and, and there were certain exercises I had to modify, but I, I felt like how I felt in college. Like I was being athletic and I was, I was, I don't know what I was training for. I wasn't training for anything, but I was training for something. And that was great. And then we moved and we couldn't take the boat just to go back. <laughs> to class. Right. So we live in Portsmouth, New Hampshire now. And there's like two spin studios here. So the first one I went to, it was like, I walk in. And so Kelly, my fiance got me, she's like, there's a $30 sale where you get three classes, like a starter pack. It's going to be great. Literally the second day I moved up here, she, we, we got it. I went and it was like all college girls. <laughs> the instructor was like whipping her ponytail around. <laughs> I felt so dirty when I left that class. It was so bad. Like, and they had they had a blast. It was like, you know, those classes where they do like um, like pole dancing for like fitness. Yeah, right. yeah. That's what it felt like. <laughs> the look on your face is priceless. I, I am so glad we're zooming this. Yeah, you're, you're visibly disgusted. You're just like, no, that's. Like, I'm not training for that. <laughs> like I came home and I was like, Kelly, like I think I don't think I cheated on you, but I don't yeah, feel right about that. You're like, yeah. I think we need to take a break. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't go back. And then there was this other, this other studio, which was kind of nice. Like, that's where all, like, the moms were. I was like, okay, where the grown-ups I, I, were. Get a, I get along with moms. Yeah. Like, all right. All moms the mothers like of the girls from the other class <laughs> are in this one. I know. Right, Tom? I should have been like, you should see what your daughter's doing at the right. other studio. <laughs> um, I feel old now. Jeez. Um. It only gets worse. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, so I was, I was like pretty into that, right? And then there was, first of all, both places wouldn't let me use my watch to look at my heart rate. Ah. It's like, what are we doing here? Right. Yeah. So then, then there was this one lady who was an instructor, and she's like walking around the room. And I, first of all, I hate that. I'm like, can you just get on the bike and ride? Like right. I'm riding, like you ride, right? Right. right. So she walks over to me and she, first of all, she'd already picked on me about looking at my watch. And then my hands are on the handlebars and whatever position, whatever those positions are, third, whatever, I don't even know. Right. And she puts her hands on top of mine no. and she goes, I'm transferring my energy to you. <laughs> yeah. And at that very moment, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> Nowadays, you, I'd be like, I'm transferring my COVID to you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? Like, is this Reiki? Like, no offense to Reiki, but I'm not into that. Like, right. And even like, if you were, that's not what you went there for. Like, that wasn't that wasn't your purpose for being there. So no, I want to get my butt kicked, like get on the bike, you know, <laughs> I don't know. So then I was, then I was kind of down on whatever. So then, then, then Kelly, my fiance starts going, you know, she goes, well, we need a Peloton, you know? So I always give her a hard time. So I, I have a background in banking before I was coaching, you know? So we split the financial decisions and stuff. Cause she, you know, she's always 
I try to make the uh, responsible <laughs> we we so can whatever. read between the lines. Yeah. We know what you're yeah. saying. So <laughs> when you run the, the numbers, it is a responsible financial decision. Yes. I but... will run the numbers and then we will both analyze them. That's the <laughs> <laughs> so I then... take it. I don't feel like Todd agrees with my sales and how much money I save you, Tom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're my new I... favorite interview. <laughs> <laughs> we were okay so we we my fiance is a type 1 diabetic and we we had to go to the hospital the other day it was, she's fine it wasn't a big deal oh, it happens right, every good. once in a while and and um we went to do the copay and they said well if you pay it now there's a discount and she looks at me and she goes oh look i saved us 40 dollars <laughs> like, no <laughs> Yeah, using that logic, well, maybe I should get sick now and get a group rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Can we? Is there a punch card system? Right. Like you can yeah. So she she keeps saying we need a Peloton, and I'm like, no, we need air and water. I'm not, you know, but actually now, Crystal, I agree with her. We do need a Peloton. Like if if our Peloton like burned down tomorrow, we need a new one. Right. right. <laughs> it was under warranty, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I yeah. do. I do. The point um, still stands. <laughs> so she's saying this for months, and I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, quarantine kind of started to kick in, and I was like, you're right. We need it. So my, well, my brother got one. And oh. then I was like, all right. Yeah. All right. We're in. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and we were lucky enough to, um, we got ours in like 10 days. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I think ours got delivered on tax Please day. save my helicopter. No. I, no, that would be expensive. Coast Guard doesn't deliver Not the way you do it. Well, yeah, I got that Coast, Coast Guard punch card. Yeah. Um, well, I think it got delivered on tax day, which this year it wasn't even tax day. But right, well, yeah. But yeah, I, I think if we had ordered it a week later, we would have been four or five way- weeks. Totally. Yeah, 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 that's true. I wow. mean, Kelly did call them like seven times in like four days. Good for And their Kelly. recording says, don't call us. And she's yeah. like, I'm going to call them again. And I was like, all right. Okay. Yeah, that's it. But um, yeah. I think Kelly so, and I would get along. I, <laughs> or, yeah, you or, or, you or would, we would be really. You, you wouldn't get along at all. <laughs> oh, no, you would. You would. No, it she loves whatever we're in the car. She wants to put on the podcast. She loves it. So. She's See, I love Kelly. Right <laughs> yes, she's downstairs right now doing the uh, the Cody's Britney Spears ride. Oh, yeah. That's that's this week. Yeah, it's a good one. So. So yeah, so we got the Peloton, and uh, that was this April. I think I've, um, I think I've missed like, I don't know, five days since, since then. Wow! Wow! You've been on it, and you're getting ready to take on a pretty big Peloton challenge. Yeah. So I, um, I've been doing the Power Zone challenges. Yeah. Um, I'm just about finished with my second one. So what I was looking for is I was like, okay, I kind of want something after the challenge to have like to look forward to like something that's going to basically scare me. Right. So I mentioned before a challenge that's going to scare me. That's going to really like you want to train for something. (laughs) Yeah. So I mentioned before, like I would have loved to run a marathon, like something like that. It's like, you can't just roll out of bed and do it. Right. Right. 
So I can't run a marathon. It's just not in the cards. But I had seen people post about the Haleakala climb, um, the five-hour climb that, that Christine put together. So I'm like, all right, I want to do that. It's five hours. I've never done anything physically like that for more than like two hours, but I'll figure it out and I'll train for it and I'll do it. And then I said, okay, if I'm going to do this, why don't I do it for charity? Because, you know, people run 5Ks, 10Ks, people run around here in Massachusetts or now we live in, you know, a couple miles north of the border. You run the Boston Marathon, the vast majority of people running the Boston Marathon are doing it for, for charity. So right. I spoke with a family friend of ours who I've been, I've been getting very close to, um, my buddy Michael. Uh, Michael has Down syndrome. He's my golfing partner, as well as uh, a couple other activities, uh, mini golf and some other stuff. So I spoke to his mom. I said, what organization is Michael part of? Because I'm going to do this ride. I want to do it for charity. I'd love to support, you know, Michael and, and an organization that he's a part of. So she gave me two charities or two organizations, I should say, that he works with. So one of them is called Friends in Action. It's an organization here in New Hampshire that works with people with developmental disability and provides mostly social opportunities for them, but also some educational opportunities. Um, and basically what their goal is, is to help people with developmental disabilities connect with each other. So they started in 2000 through the Portsmouth school system, but have since expanded outside of the school system to cover what we call the seacoast area in New Hampshire, which is the part of New Hampshire that touches the Atlantic Ocean. And basically what they identified, and this is, this is a sentence from the website, which was heartbreaking to me, is that people with disabilities back in 2000 when it started, their parents and them kind of identified that they just feel like they didn't have enough friends, right? That they were sometimes included in activities by some of their neighbors or their family friends, but they were included. Um, but then as they got older, especially in middle school and high school, you know, a lot of the friends that you had in middle school and high school, you know, maybe you're on the same sports teams or, you know, maybe it's through a different club that you're in, but people with disabilities, like they, they start to get sort of, um, you know, they're less and less involved in those sorts of activities as they get older. So they felt sort of socially isolated. And this resonated with me so much because of what we're going through with quarantine is that so many of us feel socially isolated and like you go, you go on social media and people were like freaking out about how they weren't able to like go have a drink with their friend at the local right. hangout. Right. Yeah. So when I read about this on their website, I was like, that is a charity I want to support. It's amazing. So yeah. So I picked that charity and I, I met with their executive director and learned about some of the programs that they offer. So I'm going to be doing a five-hour Haleakala climb on August 8th. There's actually a small team of us who are going to be doing it. We kind of found each other through Facebook kind of organically. Yeah. Um, and we've actually been receiving like some coaching. I don't know if Ooh. I told you about this, Crystal. Mm -hmm. So one of the members of the group was kind of working with one of the coaches that works with like Matt Wilpers through his website. Uh -huh. And so he offered to kind of set up a program for us. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So and he when I heard that, I was like, that's a good idea because <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Uh, yeah. So his name is Greg and he's amazing. And apparently what I understand, like when Matt first started getting into cycling, Greg was Matt's coach. Okay. So Greg really knows what he's doing and he's awesome. And he set up a training program for us, which is we're in week two and then we have three more weeks to go leading up until the climb. We actually just right before I met with you, we had a zoom call that like seven or eight of us got on. And so we're kind of like supporting each other and I did a two hour and 45 minute ride today that he put together. That's awesome. On, on just ride, which was kind of wild. <laughs> yeah, that's Staring not exciting. A, that's not exciting. <laughs> yeah, staring at a black screen for two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. Just imagine how many episodes of the clip out you must listen to, though, <laughs> in that time frame. Sure, it was. that's true. I, I did have a TV set up. So actually, this is kind of so I have a TV set up. And recently on, uh, I forget what channel is, they've been showing reruns of the Tour de France. So I put on the Tour de France and I'm like, I'm like in my like zone two or whatever, you know, pedaling at like, I would say half the watt that with their pedaling at, I'm probably giving myself too much credit. <laughs> they are ridiculous are like, fast. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Like, I don't know how like, many watts you're doing, but they're like easily doing like three to 400 like per like it, it's crazy whenever i see that i'm like who who pedals downhill you know that's the whole point of downhill <laughs> the hell is going what's wrong with you people terrifying, terrifying. <laughs> so exactly. how can people help you with yeah your, like how, with your fundraiser we want like how can the community get involved yeah yeah so i i set up a, a page through gofundme so if you go on gofundme and you search for friends in action or if you search my name, Todd Bohannon, my last name is spelled B-O-H-A-N-N-O-N, it'll, it'll come up. And, you know, any, if people are able to donate, you know, even just the smallest of donations would really go a long way. Um, I know the, the Peloton community is just really, really close knit community. And, um, you know, it, this is such a great cause. And like, I'm, I'm really excited to not only be able to support this charity, but also be able to support my friend Michael, who, has really made like a big impact in, in my life during kind of a stressful time during all this COVID madness. And um, yeah, so there's a GoFundMe. And if you search for friends in action, it'll pop up. And uh, I'm just about at 50% of my goal, although I'm always willing to raise the goal. Sure. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I'd be super excited. Well, I will post it out on uh, our Facebook page, the Clip Out Facebook page. So, oh, um, great, yeah, that'd yeah. Be if you want to send that to me, then I'll I'll post oh, it there uh, and in the group. So, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, and we can include it in the weekly newsletter that people can sign up for at Ab- theclipout.com. Absolutely, oh, amazing. Yeah, let's uh, since we we talked a lot about uh, your background, let me do some yeah. some fast questions for you. So you just like oh, we'll cool. do it kind of rapid fire. Um, All right. Okay. So, who's your favorite Peloton instructor? Can I? Can this be a long answer? You're <laughs> <laughs> just gonna read all their names? I love Olivia. Do you? Oh my god, yes. Okay, Olivia does not get enough credit. <laughs> oh, no, okay, all. so here's my thing with Olivia. I think, I think she's a fantastic instructor and so incredibly tough. So tough. But on the bike, she changes cadences and stuff a lot. And so it feels like I'm, I can't get in the zone. I can't like get in a groove because I'm moving. It's like I constantly am like shifting gears. That's all right. 
Because I thought we were friends. Yeah. That, that was like such a polite way to be like, well, that's dumb. I know, right? <laughs> listen, here, listen, here's what I like about Olivia. That This will be a response to what you just said. Okay. okay? First of all, like, she doesn't sit there and like yell at me the whole time. Okay. That's true. And I understand there's different instructors and, and like, I don't think there's a single bad instructor on Peloton, 100%. So there's, there's different flavors to everybody. Sure. The ones that don't vibe with me are the people who like yell at me through the screen. I'm like, I got it. Like I'm here, you know, like I, I work pretty hard, you know? So like Olivia just tells you what to do and is like, I'm doing it. You're doing it. Like, this is what I expect. And that's kind of like the way I coach. Okay. So I love it. Right? Okay. The other thing I love about Olivia is like, she, I don't think there's any other instructor who does quite as much other than Robin, who does as much as she does. So she does like, she does the tread, she does the bikes, she does floor. She has like her core classes will absolutely murder you. She's incredibly tough. Like she's crazy tough. And, and she's like, she's tougher than Robin. I think on the treadmill, like I think as far as runs go, I think Olivia's tougher. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. So do do you know her nickname? The the little minion or something like it's the something gl- the glitter death fairy yeah. <laughs> yeah so so she posted this Instagram like post right so I commented on it like an idiot I was like oh like the glitter death fairy is back because it was their first ride back thinking she would never see it right <laughs> and she replies and is like oh thanks like see on the leaderboard and I was like. What? <laughs> and now she yells at you. Yeah. No. But I was like, I hope that you know I meant that in the, with the utmost respect. Like, you're the best. But she, if you look at her Instagram, this is the other thing I love about her. She'll, she will, like, the first 100 comments, like, she replies. She's like, she, she's amazing. Anyway, I, boy, I'm like first Mike Berbiglia and now Olivia. Like, what is your deal, Todd? Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is like, I really just wanted to get on the podcast to to uh, to, to to tout Olivia and say how awesome she is. No, I will go on Facebook groups and be like, listen, I know y'all are like giving Olivia a hard time. Like, back off because she's awesome. Like, there are there are people in that like and certain Facebook groups. Who are like grown men with FTPs of like 350 watts? Who are like terrified of her? She's she is really tough. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Absolutely, she is tough. I have not taken one of her power zone classes though, so I don't know. Like because power zone is so much about having like an effort for a certain amount of time. I don't know if that might translate better for me because like I'm talking about just a general class. It was just kind of. All yeah. over the place, you know. I remember there was a Jen Sherman class that I took that was like that. It was actually one of the most beloved Jen Sherman rides that there is. It's the TV show ride, and uh, I know this is a super unpopular opinion. I will get comments for saying this, but I didn't that ride. I didn't like that ride very much. I liked, I liked what was happening, but like it kept changing every like thirty to ninety seconds, so it really took me out of my headspace. Because it was constantly changing versus like a longer song. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I, I get that. And, and like, not everybody's for everybody, right? That's <laughs> right. That's right. Okay. Well, that I'm was definitely e- not a fast answer. That was not a fast answer. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to email you all sorts of like 
Olivia work off now. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Sorry. That wasn't a fast answer. I, I apologize. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. Okay. So um, that's your favorite instructor. What is your leaderboard name? My leaderboard name is ASAP Todd. <laughs> okay. I got to ask why. Why ASAP? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I like I like ASAP Ferg. Okay. Okay. Which is funny because in a previous episode of, of yours, you guys both said like, oh, Tune Day is doing a collaboration with ASAP Ferg. And you, and it was, you were both like, we have no idea who that is. No None, not even a yeah. little bit. He's a rapper, but that's fine. I'm a rock guy. I'm a like I like the classic rock and the yeah. alternative rock, and that's my. That's I mean, my I didn't I didn't know who Lizzo was either. You know, yeah. like I I'm, now you love Lizzo. I love Lizzo. I can tell you've there been you listening. Go. He's like on it. So the, <laughs> the the very first ride that I did when we got the bike was that ASAP Ferg Tune Day ride. And see, that's so, going to stay with you forever. Exactly. So I don't want to change my leaderboard name to anything else because I feel like it's like a homage to my first ride. Absolutely. That no, I love fair. that. That is a yeah. great reason to have a leaderboard name. Okay. Last question. Three pieces of advice for newbies, but they got to be like short. They can't be like, you know, paragraph. You got to make them short. Okay. Invest in other people. Okay. That's if you join a Facebook group thinking, what am I getting out of this? You're there for the wrong reason. That's good. Um, be positive. Right. So everybody's coming to it from different circumstances. If, if you go on different groups and talk about how hard something is, it's not going to help anybody. Yes. Right. I think a lot of people get turned off, especially like um, some of the groups where there's certain challenges or certain, you know, prescribed workouts that people are doing collectively. People will go on in the morning and say, I did this it's so hard. And I see people shy away from doing people say, oh, I didn't do the workout because other people said it was so hard. That's you know, true. So, yeah, which I think is I don't know, bothers me sometimes. And I think the last one is just kind of push yourself and make goals. Like have have sort of a, a long term goal, you know, or intermediate goals, or have something. Like have a goal of where you're trying to go. Like maybe it's I want to get to a certain output, but that doesn't have to just be in the class that you're doing this afternoon. It could be you know by by the next by Christmas or. Uh, you know, in the next three months, I want to try to get my PR to X, Y, and Z. Or my, if you're doing power zone, get my FTP to X, Y, and Z. Have something that you can chip away at and work towards. It's not going to happen overnight. And, and don't make it something that you, you can't ever achieve. But have something that you can work towards that, you know, when you get there, it's going to be difficult. And it's going to have something that's taken a lot of work, but that it feels really good that you accomplished. Great awesome. advice. Absolutely. So I have one more quick question before we go. I know we've been talking for a while, but I'm sure we'll get people asking this question. And I'm curious, like, what sort of things have you put in place? I I feel like I'm saying this like I'm going to have a joke, and I, I'm not. This is a real question. Uh, like, he's, he's just seeing himself do this for the first time. He yeah. doesn't know how animated he gets. Right. So <laughs> what sort of things have you put in place to prevent uh, sleepwalking like that again? Oh, and, that's a great and, question. And injuring yourself. Are there things you can do? to make it safer for yourself? The number one thing that I have done is that I got engaged to my fiance and now <laughs> I have someone else in the bed with me. And if I start to get up and move around, she wakes me up. What if she's like a really sound sleeper? Did you pick your fiance based on that? That was a requirement. <laughs> you a light sleeper. <laughs> People um, came up with the craziest suggestions. People. So one person was like, 
you could attach like a surfboard leash to you and also to the bed. And I was like, that's going to hurt me worse than right. Well, not than what happened. It's always good to have a second purpose for a pair of handcuffs in the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) But I'm probably going to, you know, I'm going to wake up with like, you know, yeah, totally tangled and, you know, yeah. Yeah. So trading one set of problems for another. Right. I mean, some people suggested you could get a bed alarm. So if you get out of bed, you know, it takes the pressure off. Isn't the worst idea, but, you know, if I get out of bed just normally and the bed alarm goes off and it wakes up Kelly, I mean, she, you know, it's going to be a week and then that thing's going to be on the front lawn. So I'm I'm telling you um, now, the older you get, the more you're going to get out of bed to pee. There you go. Yeah. I promise you. (laughs) Yeah. I promise you. So, you know... Sleepwalking is an interesting thing because a- after this happened, I tried to do a lot of research into um, what I could do to prevent it or treatments or whatever. And there just there isn't a lot. They don't yeah. know much about it. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, they don't they don't really know much about it at all. You know, somebody said we can go do a sleep study and you can hope that something happens while you're there and you're hooked up to all this stuff. I mean, one of the things is, were you on this, these medications they've been shown? I wasn't on any, any of the medications that have been part of lawsuits in the past or, yeah. Wow. Awesome. Well, that's, I mean, that, I'm, I'm glad you have someone there to, to keep an eye on you then. Yeah. I, yeah, it's a shame there's not a better answer. Yeah, yeah no, that's true. I, I do. I just I have to say from coming from a healthcare background, the bed alarm things like those are getting like better and better. And like, I think they have vibrating ones and, and like different things like that. So boy, um, work those in concert with those. Handcuffs. No, no, no. You got a party. Don't make it weird. <laughs> quarters. Yeah, <laughs> but even like, uh, you know, you might want to look into like different fitness trackers and things like that, because like um, maybe there's different ways that it could vibrate when it wakes you up or, or something like that. You know, something just to like if you're moving too much, but you're not truly awake. I, I'm actually totally unrelated question. Now I got to ask this. Do you ever use a sleep tracker? Does it does it keep tracking that you're asleep even when you're up and walking? I just started using one. It's on my Apple Watch. Sorry, I'm not an Android person. I'm an Apple person. I know. We'll I know. allow it. Oh, Todd. About, <laughs> I know. I know. We are friends, I swear. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. I was just curious. Yeah. Just curious. Because yeah. the Whoop, the one of the things I love about the Whoop is that it's super, super accurate on sleep tracking like it's the most accurate i've ever used of anything and um way better than garmin way better than like a fitbit which fitbit was better than garmin quite honestly but um this thing is like it really really pinpoints the sleep so i'm just curious what that does for sleepwalking i'm gonna contact whoop and see if they have any kind of data on sleepwalking i'd be really curious about that yeah i i mean from what i hear from whoop i mean it's far and away better than other tracking devices in a lot of areas. I've heard that they've even like alerted people that they might have COVID. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, they have. Because it tracks your respiratory rate. And so when it goes up, because your respiratory rate's almost always the same. And so when it goes up, and it goes up pretty severely, that's usually some kind of uh, factor. And they said like a lot of other illnesses don't cause your respiratory rate to go up. Like the flu doesn't necessarily make your respiratory rate go up the way COVID does. So it's, it's, uh, it's been fascinating. Yeah. It's a good company. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, before we let you go, uh, (laughs) where can people find you on social media? Yes, I am at Todd N. Bohannon on 
Facebook, and I'm just double checking my Instagram. My Instagram is Todd B one two one. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your day to join us. We appreciate it. Yes, and thank don't forget you. to send really... me that link so I can post it everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Oh, no problem. Thank you for taking the time, like Tom said, and have a good evening. And good luck with the fundraiser, regardless of what happens. So I'll yes. try to stay in contact so I know. August 8th, so I'll make sure it posts before that, too. Thank you very much. You're, You're very welcome. welcome. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you later. So I guess that brings this one to a close. What, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? Another special treat. We have so many great interviews with people. We do. Uh, Next week, we are talking to Vivian Feeney, and uh, she is 85 years young, Ah, riding that Peloton, and we're going to hear all about her journey to Peloton and how many rides she's done. And just all about her. And so she didn't start writing until she was like 85. She started writing when the pandemic hit. So I still have time. (laughs) Somebody just needs to spot me like another 35 years. And then you'll ride? Sure. When you're 85, you'll ride? Yes. I will. We got some stubborn people here, Tom. (laughs) I got 35 years. I just bought myself 35 years. That's the way I look at it. But you will ride. No one will remember this in 35 years. (laughs) <laughs> so everyone has that to look forward to and <laughs> Yes, Vivian Feeney, not yes, Tom <laughs> No, not me on the bike in 35 years, no uh, So until next week, where can people find you? People can find me on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe They can find me on Instagram, Twitter, on the bike And of course the tread at Clip Out Crystal And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there. Like the page, join the group, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Please subscribe. Uh, it's just one of the easiest, simplest things you can do to help the show out, and you'll never miss an episode. And of course, sign up for our newsletter at theclipout.com. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep peddling and running. Running.